This is Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today, we will be continuing a sermon in the Heavenly Authority series on division and unification in Israel and the Church. When we left off, Pastor Greg was in Ezekiel, chapter 37. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned, and will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. David, my servant, shall be king over them. They shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt. And they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. That's the heart of God. One nation, not separate. One king, David, the son of David. Obviously, David now has been dead for quite some time. He's speaking about the Messiah. One king, Messiah, the prince forever. A new contract, a new covenant. The sanctuary, the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God. One Jesus, one king, one prince, one sanctuary, one new covenant in Christ Jesus, one people, no longer northern Israel, southern Judah. That is God's positional will, his heart's desire. Conditional will comes in because people sin. We rebel, and God has to deal with sin, but he would desire them to be unified. And two times they returned from captivity in fulfillment of this section to form one Israel. The first was to prepare Israel, the one Israel, where Messiah would be born. And the second happened very recently in modern times to prepare the Israel to whom Messiah, the King, Jesus, will return. This time, coming back, the Israelites came back, the Jews came back from all over the globe, from all the nations. And though it has been God's conditional will for the church because of gross sin, at times for division, the church looks forward not to false ecumenicalism, but to the fulfillment of the Lord Jesus' prayer in the Gospel of John Chapter 17, John 17, verse 20. I do not pray for these alone. He was praying for his disciples at the table of the Last Supper. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. This is the Lord's prayer to his father. Verse 21, that they all 
that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Even as the great fellowship between Jesus and his Father, we are called to be in fellowship with them and with each other. Verse 22, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Perfect in one, even as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me. It will be a testimony to Christ Jesus when there is a true unity in the body of Christ, not a false ecumenicalism, but when believers in Jesus Christ are one in him, he the head, saying the same thing, preaching the same word, speaking the truth, the body working together as a healthy, not divided, not paralyzed organism, receiving the commands from the brain, Christ Jesus, and acting as it should. Not epileptic, but healthy and whole. That is the goal. That is the positional will. That is the heart's desire of God. And you read about how in the very last days in Revelation chapter 19, verse 6, in the very last days, I believe this comes about. Verse 6, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife, the bride of Christ, the church, has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So here we have a prophecy of a time when the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ, who we know from other scriptures is the church, is made right, is made whole, is dressed in fine linen, the righteous acts of the saints, is working the way she should work. So the heart's desire of God is for the church to be one working under the mind of Christ. And Jesus' prayer at the Last Supper, I believe that the Father will fulfill in the last days. And concerning the separation, the division of Jew and Gentile, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 11, verse 30, For as you were once disobedient to God, the Gentiles went after every imagination, every crazy notion, and God gave them over. You read Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, God gave them over to their sinfulness, there is a division. He calls out a people for himself, Israel. He gives them his word. They are separate. 
from these pagan nations around them. For as you, Paul says to the Gentiles, were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their, the nation of Israel, their disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. God allows another division that they would see, that they would hunger and thirst for Messiah. Verse 32, for God has committed them all to disobedience that he might have mercy on all. He hands us over to what we do. And there is a division, a separation because of that, that we might come back repentantly to God and be accepted into his one household. Back in verse 25, he tells them, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Remember, it's in part because all your first Christians were what? Jews. Paul was a Jew. All the apostles were Jews. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. Don't, don't think they're going to be joyous when you come into the towns and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But concerning the election, they are beloved because of the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They are the chosen people. They are the descendants of Abraham. And if you who are far away can be brought in, how much more can they, the natural vine, be regrafted, be brought back once God has dealt with their sin and they too have to turn back and be humbled and repentant? To the Gentiles, it was clear. When they heard the gospel, when they knew the law of Moses and the Sermon on the Mount of Jesus, their sins were clear to them because they had gone off on so many terrible directions. They had broken the law of Moses. They had broken all the commandments of consciousness. They were clearly labeled. The people at Corinth, the unbelievers at Rome, were clearly labeled sinners. But the Jewish leaders could stand up and say, look at us. Look how good I am. And so John the Baptist said to them, he can raise from the stones children for Abraham. They didn't realize how sinful they were. They did not realize they needed a physician. And so many of them missed Messiah. And by the disobedience, by the separation, by God pulling himself back, they could see too that like all the descendants of Adam, we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. And the ultimate will be when Jesus Christ is retried in Israel, and they said, we missed it, we're sinners, we need help, and they call upon the name of the Lord. He tells them in verse 11 of Romans chapter 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if their fall is riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? Verse 15, 
For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? When Israel as a nation accepts Jesus Christ, prepare for resurrection. Prepare for the trumpet. Prepare for Messiah to come back. There is a schism, but the heart's desire of God is a reconciliation. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's a great summary of the Gentile condition before Jesus Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. In Jesus Christ, that wall of separation, the court of the Jews, the court of the Gentiles, that separation between Jew and Gentile is broken. He has made both one. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo on the web for serious Bible study and information about our church. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.